Welcome to Mature in Every Way, a study of James. I'm Renee Adelsberger. We're going to walk through this book verse by verse. For more from me, visit pedestriangod.com. Let's get started. Congratulations, you've almost studied through the entire book of James. Just one chapter left. And it starts with a command for rich people to weep and wail over their miseries. They trusted in their physical possessions, but they have failed them. Their wealth rotted and their fancy clothes have been eaten up by moths. Not even their money has lasted. These rich people could very easily be the same ones that James mentioned in James 2 verse 6. The ones that are oppressing the believers, dragging them to court and blaspheming the name of God. Here's another offense that they have committed. They were not paying the full wages to their workers, but they have not gotten away with it. The Lord knows what they have done. Okay, here's a pop quiz. Verse seven starts with the word, therefore. What question do we ask ourselves every time we see therefore in scripture? Do you remember? What's the therefore, therefore? Let's look at it in context in verses five through eight. You have lived luxuriously on the earth and have indulged yourselves. You have fattened your heart in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the righteous who do not resist you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. I'll paraphrase it for you. Rich people, you've spent all your money on yourselves, but it's judgment day. Therefore, believers, be patient like a farmer. The therefore points our eyes backward at what James just said. Yes, the rich people have acted horribly toward believers, but God has seen their unrighteous deeds and he will judge them soon. Therefore, be patient just a little bit longer. God's timing is perfect, remember? The believers in James' original audience are worn out. They're tired and they're beaten down in their current trial they're undergoing. These rich people have really got them down. James reminds them that the Lord sees the sins that are being acted against them and that they have not gotten away with it. They are simply fattening themselves on the day of slaughter. God's judgment is coming swiftly. And since it is, verse 7 tells them to be patient until the Lord's coming. He tells them to strengthen their hearts and have patience because the Lord's coming is near. Strengthen your heart is not a command we often give each other. If you told me to strengthen my arms, I would know that I needed to do push-ups and lift weights. But strengthening my heart? Now that's a foreign concept. But it's conveying the same idea of don't lose hope. Rather than allow their hearts to lead them astray by becoming bitter against the rich oppressors, James' audience needs to rest in patience. James warns them not to complain about each other in verse 9. Complaining achieves no positive results. In our house, complaining often gets you the opposite of what you want. Were you told just to clean the table for dinner and complain greatly about it? Guess what? Now you're going to clean up after dinner also. Complaining brings down the attitude of everyone it comes into contact with. 
I can be in a perfectly good mood, but as soon as a coworker begins to complain to me, I can storm off just as angry as they came to me. It's contagious. And in particular, James tells them not to complain against each other. They are all collectively undergoing a trial and don't need to turn against each other. God, the judge, is coming soon. Just as he is coming to the rich to judge them, so he is also coming to, the, to judge the ones that the rich oppress. James reminds his audience that even the celebrities of the faith have suffered. The prophets in general, and Job in particular, all suffered. But no matter who you are, God still remains compassionate and merciful. So in light of all the hard times, it's important to remain steadfast and faithful. In verse 12, James says that above all, do not swear either by heaven above or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes mean yes and your no mean no, so that you will not fall under judgment. Since the judge is coming, James wants to warn them of another way that judgment can come. It's, again, in the way we use our tongue. It's easy to become obsessed with loopholes, technicalities, and gray areas. To begin to tell enough half-truths or three-quarter truths that as long as an answer is true enough, we settle for it. I asked you to read Matthew 5, 33-37 in your homework because it has almost the exact same wording. In fact, verse 37 reads, But let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more than this is from the evil one. It was Jesus himself who spoke these words during the Sermon on the Mount. When we have a reputation for honesty, there's no need to add anything to our speech. Even children know the difference between complete and partial honesty. They can have two answers that seem similar but very different meaning. They could answer, yeah, I completed that task. And let me tell you, there's a good chance that they haven't done anything. And when they continue to do this, they could also answer and say, I promise I completed it. And they actually have. Because perhaps they've lied so many times that they've lost trust. So they feel like they have to start answering with a stronger answer. No longer can they just say, I completed it. They have to add, I promise I completed it. When our words are truthful all the time, there's no need to add promises or oaths. An oath in our day would be along the lines of, I swear to God that I completed the task. Or maybe even, I pinky promise that I won't tell anyone. Or, cross my heart and hope to die. As Christians in particular, it's crucial that we are people of our word. When we tell someone that we will arrive at 6, we need to do everything in our power to arrive promptly at 6 so that we build a re reputation of dependability. When our parents asked if we completed a certain task, we need to answer an honest yes or no so that we gain a reputation of honesty. That way, one day, when a non-believer asks us a question about God, they will know that our answers are honest and forthcoming because they will have no history to doubt us. We need to be people of the truth. Father, please help us grasp the critical importance of the truth. 
Keep us honest at all times. Prevent lies and exaggeration from leaving our lips. Help us to love the truth above all else. We love you. Amen.